It's Thursday, June 3rd. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. With me today, the one and only Bill Mann. Good to see you, my friend. How are you? How are you celebrating McLovin's uh, birthday today? McLovin, happy 40th birthday to McLovin. Maybe the greatest fake driver's license in film history. (laughs) You know it's only one name, right? (laughs) Yeah, if you look at the driver's license, his birth date on his fake ID was June 3rd. 1981. That means that McLovin is today 40 years of age. So I will be celebrating later. I don't know about you. You know what? If you're looking for a movie to relax with over the weekend, I'll just say super bad 88% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yes. And the 12% are the ones who found the raunch to be a bit much, which I can understand. Understandable. So we've got an energy story that I don't understand. We have a cybersecurity story that I really don't understand. But we are going to start with the mayhem that is AMC Entertainment. Uh, People on Reddit are buying shares of uh, AMC Entertainment. But you know who's selling? AMC Entertainment. I like the fact that you're setting this apart and uh, suggesting that maybe you do understand this one. I understand the uh, the optics of it anyway, but yeah, the company came out. They filed to sell more than 11 million shares, and the stock is down more than 30% today. Right now, at the time that we're speaking. I mean, it, right. could, it, could, it could end anywhere. So, even at this point, AMC stock is up more than 100% for the week. Um, so, the company came out and said, we are going to take advantage of the market and they were very clear in their filing it was interesting they said there's no there is no business reason for this level of volatility there's no business reason for this price we are going to sell and we are going to go out use the use these proceeds to try and buy up some irreplaceable movie assets which is great this is exactly what they should be doing and it was, it's a little bit, it's what's so funny to me about the meme stocks in general, take GameStop, for example, is that the companies almost were irrelevant to the story, right? At no point do you hear, hey, the CEO is doing X. You just don't hear these things. And so the only thing that really bothers me about this, Chris, though, is that yesterday the stock went up and at one point it was up 120% on the day, which is a lot. Um, and AMC came out and said, we are going to provide free popcorn and other be- benefits to investors, knowing full well, had to, that they were going to be releasing something today saying they were sell- selling shares. That, that, to me, is distasteful. Everything else about this, I find, I find fine. I'm going to go in no particular order. I agree with you. It is, it is distasteful, the timing of that. That said, I think everything else that management is doing here makes sense. They are taking advantage of an inflated stock price. They are being very inflated. clear. In their, <laughs> they're being very clear, saying, yeah. "Look, yeah. here's why we're selling." There, you know, if if you're a lawyer on staff at AMC Entertainment, you got to be happy with with the way oh, yeah. they are handling this part of it. I, you know, it would be awesome. And unfortunately, these things are like bound by legal language. If, it, if they said, we're selling 11 million shares, wouldn't you? <laughs> what do you expect us to do? So the stock is down 
quite a bit today. Who knows where it will end up? This is a company that has not traded on its fundamentals. There is no reason that AMC, which lost $4 billion in 2020, which makes sense because the theaters were closed, it lost, a, it lost $150 million in 2019 when they were open. So I, I, have, I have no explanation for this other than the market has lost its mind. But AMC is right to go ahead and say, well, okay, if you dare us to sell some, we're going to sell some. And we're going to keep selling until the price gets back to it being a rational, a rational place. And at which time, we will have a lot of cash on hand. And I said this the other day. I mean, this is unlike some of the you know high flying cloud based Nasdaq stocks that have come down twenty, thirty, forty percent over off of their highs over the last few months. Those are at least growing businesses in growing industries. Yeah. The when you look at the business of movie theaters. The most important trend is the fact that for the past 20 years, steadily, year over year, incrementally fewer people are going to the movie theater. Now, there are years where the overall uh, box office receipts increase, but that's due to price increases. That's not due to more bodies coming into the theater. So, unless AMC has a plan to get more butts in the seats, I'm not sure uh, how this has a happy ending. And well, not only that, but the way that movie theaters make money is off of concessions and for movies that have been there for more than three weeks. For the first three weeks, and this has been pretty much contractual across the board, the studio gets all of those ticket revenues. They all go, and then it, and then you start to have some sort of a negotiated split. What happened during 2020? And it's not the movie theater's fault, is that that relationship was broken. We don't have any guarantee that that's going to come back. We had some big hits that literally went straight to streaming. So I don't know. I mean, the good news is that I think that the business case for AMC is almost irrelevant for what's going on. It's a meme, right? So, uh, you know, $20 billion meme. So good luck. But I don't really see the business case, but I completely see why AMC would say, look, you know, if you give us access to enough money and enough resources, we can maybe build a business case. Let's move on to ExxonMobil. An activist firm called Engine Number One has won a third seat on Exxon's board of directors. Um, Activists buying up shares and pushing for change in a given business is not unusual. What is unusual in this case is that Engine Number One doesn't have a 9% stake in (laughs) ExxonMobil or a 5% stake. They have a 0.02 stake in this company. Uh, yeah, how, how is this happening? How are they able to affect change, at least in terms of getting people on the board, when they own slightly more shares of ExxonMobil than I do? Not many more. <laughs> Not many more. I mean, we know you're 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 kind of a big deal. What a disaster this is for Exxon's management team, particularly uh, the CEO Darren Woods. This was the most expensive proxy battle in history in the United States. The amount of money that was spent on competing, you know, on the the board slate, the company, the company supported slate of directors versus this 
renegade set of directors, the the activist investors, they had backing from a number of large pension funds, which are huge investors, including CalPERS, which is the California uh, pension fund, CalSTRS, which is the education pension fund for the state of California, New York Common Retirement Fund, a lot of big pension funds also got involved uh, and supported the engine number the engine number one movement. This is all about the company, the um, the activists uh, believing that Exxon has not done enough, both from an environmental standpoint and from a business standpoint, to move itself to carbon neutral technology. That these are that this is a path that seems obvious to them, and if Exxon, with all of its resources, moves there first. They will probably be able to compete. That that is the argument, and that is the theory of the case for these activist investors. And although Engine Number One is not a big owner of Exxon, these are no mooks. I mean, the, you know, the, it's run by a guy named Jeff, uh, Gregory Goff, who used to be the CEO of a company called Tesoro, which was a you know, which which is a uh, oil and gas company. He had absolutely tremendous returns. Uh, there was a senior strategist from 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 uh, Google X, uh, former chief executive of Vestas Wind Systems. These are people who know the business. So this is a really really credible group that uh, that's been put together. And yet, I'm looking at ExxonMobil's stock up nearly 50% year to date. Obviously, um, you know there there are reasons for that that have nothing to do with the board of directors. But oil prices definitely right. I mean, yeah. But but what? Where do you think this goes uh, over the next six to 12 months? I realize I'm asking you to you know look into your crystal ball, but in in terms of the the direction of ExxonMobil's business, what should people expect? Well, a third a, a, a third board seat is a huge thing. Two are enough to be loud. Three is enough to be to be transformational. Right. And I mean, so I think you're going to see Exxon move very, very quickly towards the exact thing that uh, that, that engine number one uh, is, you know, is speaking of. In fact, you're already seeing them. They're coming out with with reports of how how they're going to make their upstream carbon neutral or moving towards those targets. I think it's going to happen a lot faster. It would not surprise me. This is such a rebuke of the current management team. It would not surprise me if uh, if Darren Woods uh, steps down pretty soon. Like this was he staked his reputation on winning this uh, proxy battle and did not. So there's going to be some changes. And if that happens, the new these new board members will be instrumental in picking the next CEO and management team. Shares of FireEye are down 15% today because the company is selling its products business and its name to a private equity firm <laughs> called Symphony Technology Group uh, for $1.2 billion. So the, the cloud security network and email products will go to this private equity firm. The remaining cyber forensics business is going to be called Mandiant Solutions. What is going on here? I, I can't recall, you know, whether it's this industry or any other industry, I can't recall ever seeing a story like this where 
they're not just spinning off part of their business they're selling their net like so so what is left and and what would you rather be the owner of <laughs> so uh as you know as we are uh in the studio for this the stock is down about 15 percent. so you know basically on this news 1.2 billion dollar sale to uh symphony technology group which is which is a private company i actually kind of like the deal i understand exactly why the shares would be down this much because when you're selling that big of a chunk of your business there are a lot of shareholders who are owning your stock because of that chunk of business right so it it makes perfect sense to me that the market woke up today and was like what i'm going to do is 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 step back because what is going to you know what will continue in place is not what I thought was going to be there. But uh, CEO Kevin Mandia has been very clear about the opportunity in cyber forensics, and we see with these cyber attacks that there are going to be huge opportunities, and they're going to be need they're going to necessitate a coordinated government led uh, program. And he wants to make sure that the, you know, that his company, that Mandiant Solutions, is best placed so that they can be a part of that conversation. So I get why they would why they would make this deal. I also get why the market doesn't seem to like it at all. But I've never seen a company sell its name before. So we've talked before about the growing opportunity in the cybersecurity industry. Um, I, I think over the last few years, it has definitely moved into that category of, you know, for individual investors, you know, if, you, if you're building out your portfolio and you've got 25 stocks, mm-hmm. I think cybersecurity is now in that category where you, you need to look at your portfolio and say, where do I have exposure to the cybersecurity industry? And if you don't have it, I think you should go out and find oh, yeah. it. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. In, uh, but in uh, this case, it sounds like within that industry, the CEO is basically saying, I am putting all of my chips on cyber forensics, and I'm going to take the short-term hit, uh, and this is where the growth engine is going to be. Yeah. It's $1.2 billion in cash that they're going to have on hand as well. So, it, it's, it is... For, for, let me just add, for a company with a market cap of $4.5 billion. So, right. it, it is, it is an, right. a not in, inconsequential amount of money. They have, they, they have some firepower. They have some liquidity that they can do some things with. I think, actually, with, uh, with cybersecurity, the nature of the business, and we get asked this all the time, like, what are your favorite cybersecurity companies? I actually would take a basket approach and own several or if not many of them, and think of them as one, two, or three positions in your portfolio. And the reason is this. Cybersecurity becomes more powerful the more players there are. Right In a lot of industries, like if you know going in as a hacker that you only have to figure out one company's protocols, then maybe that, you know, th- that I don't know that that creates the same level of security as multiple ones with different uh, levels of expertise. And we don't ultimately know which one is going to win. So this is, this is an area where, yes, I think it is incredibly important because unfortunately, uh, the jerk element of this, you know, of, of, of this world is not slowing down. 
they are doing some really horrible things that you know that have that have cost all of us whether we know it or not a lot of money and a lot of you know and 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 i think you have to be involved with the companies that are on the front line and fighting uh the uh cyber uh, the, the the hackers and the cybersecurity terrorists. I don't you know I don't know I don't even know what you call them now, but it's yeah enough's enough. You don't know what to call them, but yet you you appear to have some insight into how they think, which I find a little <laughs> unsettling. Um, last thing, and then I'll let you go. I mean, you you talk about sort of the basket approach. Uh, you know, for for as as confusing as I find this story. You know, the uh, FireEye slash Mandiant Solutions is down 15%. Is that like, is this one that you look at and say, this is worthy of consideration for, you know, a place in a cybersecurity basket? Or do you want to see some of the dust settle from this move? You know, I think I, uh, the, the answer is absolutely. I think that this, you know, that, 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 that this company has, has a place. This move did not come from nowhere. And this is Kevin Mandia, who is the who's the founder of Mandiant, which was actually sold to FireEye, and then he became the CEO. This is his bread and butter. This is the company that that he first founded. This is what he knows best. And FireEye is a credible, credible competitor in the space. So uh, the artist formerly known as FireEye should absolutely be something that you would consider. That would be a better name than Mandiant Solutions. <laughs> Uh, Bill Mann, great talking to you as always. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Chris. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Let's get and do it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Monday. Monday.